Hello, we are back with another Sports Ethos Dallas Mavericks podcast. I'm your host, Lawrence Brooks. I am back, and I'm back with my guy, Corbin Ford, who wasn't here yesterday, but he's back today. Corbin, how are you? Dude, I'm doing good. It's it's even nicer coming off a of Dallas win to be joining you, bro. So um, it's 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 twice as nice right now. Man, I can't I couldn't have said it any better. Before we get started, listeners, please take a moment to follow Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter, the single most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed on earth. Get all your NBA news in one handy Twitter feed. It's faster than the competition and provides more analysis too. Again, that's Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter. Follow now. Those guys do an amazing job. They work around the clock. They're tireless. Please follow those guys. Okay, that being said, man, Mavericks got a win last night. And for all the listeners that were listening to yesterday's podcast, I talked about the fact that they needed to shoot better, obviously, and they probably, without Luka, needed to have some people play a more perfect game. And boy, did we get a perfect game from our guy, Jalen Brunson. 41 points. No turnovers, um, five assists, six of ten from three. Um, man, I just—it was just a, a masterful performance from a guy who has been playing well all year and stepped it up even more in a game that was much needed. What were your thoughts on the game from last night, Corbin? I mean, dude, you went into it like he had himself a night. You know, career high forty-one points, very efficient, fifteen and twenty-five. Really got the game started on a fiery tempo. You know, he paced the Mavericks to an early lead just by opening up the floor, softening up the uh, interior of some three-point bombs, you know, pushing the pace there, and then getting his way to the basket. He has such a nice in-between game. He's strong getting to the basket, able to look stop and pop. So he started off strong and just continued that attack. And it was a game that, like you said, before a guy who's been consistently raising the level of his play, you know, just throughout his Dallas career, in line for a huge payday coming up for the young man. And he stepped up in a major way uh, for a Mavericks team that, that really that really were trying to avoid going down 2-0, uh, feeding off the energy of the Dallas home crowd. Absolutely. And, and the thing about it is, in going back to game one, Obviously, it was a lot of inefficient play, bad rebounding, bad shooting. I mean, and they were still in that basketball game. And that's what gave me cause for optimism is that there was room for improvement. Now, on the flip side of that, it's almost as if they swung the pendulum the completely opposite. And some can say they played a little above their head, so to speak, because they made 22 threes, which is a franchise record. They um, they only done they've only had 22 other times so that lets you know how rare of an occurrence this is they had three turnovers for the entire game which if you want to put that in perspective in the playoffs there's only been eight instances where a playoff team has had three or less turnovers since like the early 80s if i want if i'm not mistaken i want to say like 82 so that's also a rare occurrence and mm-hmm. all three of those turnovers came from one person, which means no one else on the team turned the ball over. So this team literally played as well as you could probably play to get a win. With that being said, is this something you think that they can sustain? Or do you, I mean, obviously it probably won't be to this extent, but do you think they can kind of taper off and play at a high level at this rate for the remainder of the series? So I'm of the mindset that uh, some of that, of course, is not going to be replicated. You know, you had a career high, 
41 from Brunson. I doubt he's going to be eclipsing that, you know? So that that's that's one thing. Another thing, let's let's put it like you said, 22 of a 47 from three. Um, the Mavericks knocked down a franchise record, and they did it at a very, very good clip. So that's something that, like, yeah, you can see it maybe going, you know, 15 or so threes, but like that, that was cool. You know, that's something we probably aren't going to see again this series or for a good bit. What I do think the Mavs can take moving forward is one, the way that they isolated um, Utah's, let's just put it, sorry, perimeter defenders, you know, putting out lines at Maxi Kleber at the five. He went, what, eight of 10 from three? Um, we have Maxi Kleber, Dorian Finney Smith, your two guards between um, Jalen Brunson and Spencer Dinwiddie, and then, you know, one other. Um, guard out there, Reggie Bullock, one other forward kind of guy out there, all who space the floor can go to the corners and knock down the easier three and force Rudy Gobert to not be the backline defense, thus opening the paint for Dimwitty and Jalen Brunson. Because before, you know, you had lines that were less um, open on the floor and Rudy Gobert is able to be who he is. The backline, the defense for the Utah defense, able to swallow mistakes. And there are many that, you know, Donovan Mitchell makes uh, a kind of slightly declining um uh, Mike Conley, the defensive end, Lord knows everything we see when Jordan Clarkson's in the game. You know, that happens. So I think for the Mavericks there, hey, on the offensive end, let's hope that, you know, Kleber, who shot 23% or so um, over the last month from three, like he came back in a major way game two. Let's hope we can continue that hot streak. Let's hope Dorian Finney-Smith, who was 0-7 before knocking down a big three in the fourth quarter, that he wakes up, you know, and is able to be consistent. If you do that, you can force Utah to kind of play out of sorts. They rely on Rudy Gobert a ton to clean up their mistakes. And if you take him and put him and isolate a guy where he has to defend out to the three-point line, guess what? Now you're inviting the Jazz to make a plethora of more mistakes that more than likely the Mavericks can take advantage of. Yeah, and, and, and going back to Finney Smith, because again, on the previous podcast where I talked about three-point shooting needing to be better, I, I pointed him out as a guy who's going to be major in this series in terms of being able to knock down shots. Now, I said he's probably going to need to make between four and five a game and be closer to five and five for eight on a consistent basis. Now, obviously last night he almost doubled his career high, which was, uh, <laughs> he was around 14 points, which was his career high initially. And then he mm. had 25 last night, um, almost doubling that, which is, which would have been 28. But I think he's a guy that is on the floor that they will have to rely on his shooting ability and overall, they'll just need to shoot the three well in general, which I think is clearly the case because they don't rely on any inside presence. First game, they shot 28% from three. We knew that wasn't going to cut it. But then to flip it around and knock down 22 threes um, is completely over the top. I don't think that that's sustainable, but they will need to regularly be around 14 makes per game. Um, to win the series um, and, yeah. with that, and with that being said I think that you know if you can just get steady contribution from everyone if everyone's making two to three and then you get some blow-up games because every I think between Reggie Bullock Jalen Brunson Spencer Dinwiddie Maxi Kleber you just need one or two of those guys to get hot every game all of them aren't going to be hot every game at the same time but as long as they can get hot um, at least two of the four I think that's going to always keep them in it. Now, now to flip the ball around to the defensive side, I was wondering if they could keep it up in to, to end the season. They kind of, they kind of 
you know, fell off a little bit on the defensive end as a team who was playing at an elite level for much of the year around the last 10 games of the season, they weren't playing at such a high level, but then they just flipped the switch in this series and turned it on. And the thing that it looks like they are doing a really good job at is limiting Utah's three point shots. And they're put, they're running them off the line. They're staying attached to shooters on drives and they're forcing them to make shots inside the lane that are contested. And when you look at that recipe, is that something to you? They think, you think they can continue and do you think it continue to be effective or do you think Utah will shake loose of this defensive coverage? I actually am quite hopeful on the defensive side of the ball, how they will um, continue to shrink the floor. Like you said, forcing uh, the jazz into less optimal, optimal shots, um, not taking as many threes. They've almost cut that in half. The number of attempts Utah usually takes around 40 and how much they are taking here in this series in the high twenties. Like, They've done a very, very good job of that. And you're right. It's forcing guys who don't uh, usually take a large percent of their shots in the paint area to do that. Finish around length. You know, make acrobatic shots that you're not used to making. You know, you've seen a lot more Bojan Bogdanovich in the post. Something he can do, but it's become like a steady diet of, of Bogdanovich post-ups just by pure necessity because you're not getting a, a more of a, a, a more of a um, – trying to think of the right word, like a a quantitative, like more of a portion of your shots that you're looking for from the desired range, you know? So you are getting um, Donovan Mitchell games that, uh, you know, they keep shooting like he is um, around the basket. He's he makes, he's the best finisher on this Utah team, but consistently, you know, you're making it tough. Those types of shots take a lot of energy. And then pretty soon, you know, all of a sudden Donovan Mitchell's shooting numbers start looking like tour dates. You know, uh, you, you get those crazy, you know, nine of, of, of 25 and, and whatever the case may be numbers there. So I do think that that is something they can keep doing. Now, the, the, the defensive intensity, you always think in the playoffs, the physical game, you know, there might be concerns about how Dallas can keep it going. But let's not forget, they've been one of the better defensive teams of the year. We did a pod earlier this season, you know, talking about how the Mavericks, uh, just before they got rid of um, Christoph Porzingis, were one of the better defenses. We try to evaluate kind of what made that the case and what we saw that was uh, replicable. And we've seen that that has still persisted, even with the change slightly in some personnel. So I do like that point. That is an excellent observation in terms of what they can continue to do to at least make it tougher. Um, you know, they're at a talent disadvantage without Luka Doncic on the floor just because you do have Donovan Mitchell and however you feel about Rudy Gobert, you have Gobert there as well. But at the end of the day, playing hard, remaining principled, and doing things like this to force Utah out of their comfort zone, this is your bread and butter. This is what's going to keep them in this series and and make them nice in case to maybe be an upset underdog here. I mean, as weird as that is. Yeah, I mean, there'll definitely be an underdog if if Luka's not going to come back. And my personal belief is I don't think we see Luka again. I just think having a calf injury is very – it, that can be tricky and and rarely have I ever seen anyone with a calf injury come back within a week or two it's usually it's usually four weeks minimum for guys who have a calf strain and obviously it depends on the severity and we don't know the severity because that hasn't those specifics haven't been given out but I also would just tend to lean on the fact that we probably wouldn't see him in this series unless it went six or seven I don't I don't even think we'd see him in games certainly not three. I don't think four either. I think the the only glaring optimism or optimistic view is game six or later, and that's at best. So I think mm-hmm. that with, I think that with the coverage, I think this assignment can be continued because again, I think it's something that even if they 
even if the Utah Jazz try to offset this by doing whatever they feel they would need to do, um, because I don't know what the alternative would be if you're getting ran off the line and if they're staying um, close to shooters and they're not helping off, especially on the strong side, which is an extreme no-no in basketball. You don't do that anyway, help offside corner. But if they're going to continue to do that, Utah Jazz are going to have to find ways to manufacture points, and it's just not what they're accustomed to doing. And then you look at a game like last night where Mike Conley had zero points. Granted, some of that was foul trouble, but they're making him shoot. They're making him shoot contested mid-range shots, which is also not his game. And then making guys, they're they're guarding uh, Bogdanovich one-on-one, but he's now taking contested shots inside of the lane. And they're not allowing guys to get to the rim, but they're shooting in the paint. So I think they will allow 12 footers all day um, as opposed to letting Utah's number one ranked offense um, go crazy from the three-point line because literally everyone's three-point attempts have been chopped down a couple of notches um, with the way the Mavericks are playing. So I think this is something they can continue to do, but I think what they'll need to do more consistently is continue to make baskets on the offensive end because that's where they can get inconsistent. That is true. Remaining disciplined on the offensive end is going to be a big deal for them, especially when you look at guys who are going to take a more lion's share of the offense than they normally would. We've seen Jalen Brunson do this in the past when Luke has been out. We've seen Spencer Dinwiddie do this in the past um, without a star player, you know, in Brooklyn when he wasn't playing alongside D'Angelo Russell. In um, Washington this past season when he wasn't playing alongside Bradley Beal. Like, he can take on a bigger portion of the offense, but now there are more shots to go around for Dorian Finney-Smith. There's more shots to go around for Maxi Kleber. There's more shots to go around, of course, you know, uh, for Reggie Bullock, for these other guys. So it's remaining um, consistent, uh, shooting as efficiently as you can, and that means making smart shots. And in this case, you don't really have a lot of uh, um, brunts and you have guys who are capable of breaking down the defense, but uh, you're still at a deficit for the most part at that. So it's really about manufacturing good shots, making that ball movement that's going to lead to those wide-open corner pocket threes. Uh, of the 22 threes that Dallas hit yesterday, 17 of them were unguarded or, or defined as unguarded. That is because they're able to consistently get into the teeth of defense, the Dallas guards, and then kick out those passes, you know? And if it went to the wing and it found Dorian Finney-Smith, he gets to the corner. You get that extra rotation pass. Finds way to Reggie Book on the opposite end. That's the type of play, that's the type of movement that Dallas is going to need to do without having that kind of dynamic playmaker score like Luca in the building. It's going to be, well, not in the building, but on the court. It's going to be more of a, uh, office by association. Absolutely. And before we continue, hey, we have a brand new daily fantasy partner at Sports Ethos, Thrive Fantasy. Prop up with Thrive Fantasy on their mobile app or at thrivefantasy.com. Use code ethos when you sign up to get a 100% deposit match bonus on your first deposit up to 100 bucks, plus either two or four free game tickets to play. Pick player props on the biggest names playing every night. Score Score points when your props hit and the players with the most points win a share of the nightly prize money. And check out our Sports Ethos DFS team or podcast for advice on winners. Again, that code is ethos over at thrivefantasy.com. Okay, so that being said, Jalen Brunson was the savior in this game. Um, Maxi Kleber got it, got his mojo back. Reggie Bullock was was pivotal. And I think that, you know, with that being said, I think that that game was something that hopefully that can carry momentum um, going into game three because they'll need it going into such a hostile building that's tough to win. So for game three, what do you think that 
will, what do you think will be the most important detail? Because in in game one, I, I pointed out that they did not rebound the ball well. And I think obviously in game two, when you shoot the ball like they did, um, when they got on fire, it's gonna t- it's gonna skew the rebounding numbers a bit because the ball's going through the basket, obviously. But I think rebounding will still be important moving forward because that's something that if they get bogged down on offense, they'll need to generate other ways to manufacture opportunities, and rebounding is one of them. But for you, what do you think is the most important thing for them to do for Game Three? I think it, one you already mentioned the boards and, and the importance of the battle there. That is one. Uh, absolutely. I think the second thing that would be important or that's going to be important um, is, is making sure that you are. I'm going to be seeing how Utah responds. I want to see how Dallas does in keeping that in check, more or less, you know, because there are going to be adjustments made. You are going to have a different – you have to find a different way to win. You know, you could try to say, Jalen Brunson, go cook again. You know, you could try to say, okay, we're going to knock down this many threes. But more than likely, you're going to, have to be a little versatile in the way that you accomplish this, right? So let's see if we are able to ratchet up the defense a little more. Let's see if we are able to withstand uh, what we expect is going to be a heavy jazz push in the first quarter, you know, backed up by their rocks home crowd. You know, rocks home crowd. Like, let's make sure – um, if you're Dallas, that you're going to continue to stick to what works, but also uh, not expect the unexpected, expect the regression to the mean in, in a certain respect. And how do you respond with that? How do you um, kind of offset some of the natural pushback that's going to happen in the playoff series, especially in change of venues? Yeah. For me, I, I think just sustaining a, a, a um, certain level of offense throughout the game and being able to withstand that punch that they're going to give. Because one of the things that was hitting about Dallas in game two is that they just they they didn't close quarters very well, and that can snowball when you're playing in someone else's house. So you might not be able to bounce back and find your rhythm and, and everyone catch fire like they did in game two. So I think it's going to be important to keep a certain amount of consistency on offense, but also not allow yourself to fall into these ruts where you where you're not scoring and Utah is scoring because in a home, when you're playing in someone else's house, everything they do positively is going to build momentum. And Dallas is going to have to make sure they don't let them build too much momentum by being able to hit timely shots. And I know the saying goes, you know, you live by the three, you die by the three. But I mean, I think that's their identity. And that's something they're going to have to do is withstand the, the, the punch of energy that they're going to have to, they're going to see going into game three, but also maintaining some consistency and shot making to offset the fact that they're playing away. I think that's something that's going to be key for them. And if they can do that, they will be right there in the game because I think defensively, I think this is a game plan or the way that they're covering the Utah Jazz, I think is very sustainable. And I think it's something that they can see that will be a key for them moving forward. Okay. I like that. I agree 100%. I think a word I'm looking for as well, um, composure. You know, let's see how they do. You know, in a playoff series, it's 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 a battle of attrition. You know, you're gonna come out, gonna give a good shot, you're gonna be going well, you know, or fighting back, making it even, and then pop right in the mouth. You know, how you're gonna get back and, and continue to stay in the fight here. So composure is something I'm looking at as well. You know, we've seen a Dallas team that I mean, let's look at their best player, their 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 head uh, is an emotional player, Nuka Doncic. And the Mavericks as a collective, aside from him, have been relatively calm, but you never know how some of that can impact. Um, in a series like this. So composure is a big thing I'm looking for as well. And how we see these players, if they do appear rattled so far, 
through two games, it's been really, really solid. Um, orchestrated by just a wonderful win uh, for game two. But let's see how this continues. Absolutely. And before we sign off, hey, quickly, before we sign off, we want to also remind you all, <clears throat> you all, excuse me, to use coupon code HoopBall20 at Manscaped.com for 20% off your order and free shipping. And also to check out our pals at MyBookie.ag, use code HoopBall on the third page of sign up to unlock deposit and match bonuses there as well. Um, so, yeah, we got game three coming up. Feel good about the fact that they got a split at home. Trying to get a split in Utah, which would be the best case scenario. Obviously, you'd want two games if we're being greedy, but you just want to get a split. Um, mm -hmm. Game three is 6 p.m. Thursday night. Um, I'm excited because I think that Dallas is right there. This is one of those games where or this is one of those series where if they can do the things that they're doing consistently, they have a really good shot. But there's not a lot of room for error. So I'm I'm ecstatic to see how guys continue to respond and different guys step up each night i'm with you on that 100 i think that that is going to be um just something to look at i, I think we, we mentioned this already a few times now in terms of this this, this fight that the Dallas has and yes how are they going to respond so I, I i look at it in the same way as you and like hey if we can get two you know why not you know what i mean um but like more than likely you know split it Buy some time for Luca to come back, bring it back home, and see where this thing goes. Absolutely. Um, thank you all for listening. Um, we love the fact that, you know, the Dallas Mavericks are showing fight. We're right there with them. We believe that they mm -hmm. can get it done, and hopefully we get Luca back. But please go download, subscribe to the Sports Ethos Dallas Mavericks podcast. We are going to be there. Show us, show us some love. Um, leave a comment. Let us know what we can do better. Let us know what you love about it. But also continue to follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at LB Said It. That's L B S A I D I T. You can also follow Sports East of Dallas Mavericks on Twitter as well. Um, Corbin, you can also find him on Roundtable Ramble. But also, Corbin, let them know where they can find you as well. well I appreciate that, man. Just follow, look for me on uh, Corbin NBA. Uh, any uh, podcast, any work there on Ball Ramble, like uh, Lawrence just mentioned. Definitely find that there. You know, um, listen, man, Lawrence, good dude. Check him out, man. LB said it's a fire Twitter handle. I say it every time, but I mean it. So, uh, yeah, definitely appreciate you having me on as always, bro. Man, appreciate you too. Um, see you guys after game three. We'll be back to talk about it all then. But until then, everyone have a good one. Go Mavs.